Before thee let my cry come near, O Lord, true to thy word, teach me before thee. We are thankful that you are able to join us today as Pastor Mark Robinette preaches another sermon at Foundation Church here in Mount Sterling, Ohio. If this message is an encouragement to you, and we pray that it will be, please consider taking the time to go to www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org and let us know. Thank you, and may the Lord richly bless you through His Word. Let my lips thy praise confess, yea, of thy word my tongue would sing, yea, Greetings this Lord's Day in the name above all names, the name of Jesus. Greetings. It's a great blessing to be with you today on St. Patrick's Day here in the house of the Lord. We remember this weekend as we gathered together, and some of you obviously aren't from here, and you came to visit with us and celebrate with us the life of a man who was enslaved by God. And you might say, those are, those are harsh terms. No more harsh than the Apostle Paul used. He said, I, I am God's slave. I am God's servant. And when you come to understand this, then you can stop doing your own thing. And you can say, Lord, I'm yours. Command me. Lead me. You're my Lord. I'm your servant. I'm your slave. I'm, I'm the slave of every man. As the Apostle Paul said, I've been called to serve others. When you renounce self and find that Jesus is Lord of your every moment, of your every day, you'll find what it is to live the abundant life that Christ has called for us. But every moment you live in self is a moment you go your own way in the garden of life and you walk away from walking with God and talking with God and you begin communing with your sinful self. David in Psalm 62, as we are called to worship by this Psalm of David, he said, truly my soul waits upon God. From Him cometh salvation. I think it's very easy for us to get caught up in our lifestyle, in our way of thinking, our worldview, our ideas, our uh, self-control, our character development, and forget that salvation comes from God. He only is my rock in my salvation, and He is my defense, and I shall not be greatly moved. It's God that saves us. It's God that sustains us. How long will you imagine mischief against man? You shall be slain, all of you. As a a bowing and bowing wall, you shall be, and as a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. Who are they but you, right? That's what we do. We we conspire to cast God down because we have better ideas than him. 
we know what's good for us and, and what's not going to work out for us. And, and we live in our willfulness and sinfulness. They only consult him to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth. They curse inwardly. That's what we do. We smile on our faces, but inward we're like. <clears throat> but my soul, David said, waits only upon God. For my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, he repeats. He said, he is my defense and I shall not be moved. He kind of starts to sound like a preacher. Did you hear me, church? I said God is my rock and my defense. Mm. I look from him and him only for salvation. I shall not be moved. And just when you think you heard it, he says it again, right? <laughs> Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him because God is a refuge. For us, we have come into the house of God, into our refuge. Surely men of low degree are vanity, and men of high degree are a lie. To be laid in the balance, they are altogether lighter than vanity, they are nothing. Trust not in oppression, become not vain in robbery if riches increase. Set not your heart upon them. God has spoken once, twice have I heard it. Can you hear him? I'm telling you, he would sway it. If he were here, he'd be going, mm. I said it once and I say it again. The power belongeth to God. Also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy, for thou renderest to every man according to his work. Let us pray. Lord, you've called us into this place of worship not because we deserved it, not because we were smart enough to get here, not because we were clever to find it on the map, but Lord, you called us into this place today because of your abundant mercy, because of your love for us, because you saw us when we were yet in our sin, and when we were that outstrength, Lord, you called us, and you reached out to us with your outstretched hands. And Lord, you have saved us, and you have called us by your name, and made us your children. And Lord God, we willingly gather, not understanding how it could be that we should be here, but we are here, and we're going to lift up our voices to you. Lord, we're hungry. Feed us. Lord, we long to hear your voice. Speak to us. And Lord, we are so far from what we will be one day. Lord, change us, Lord, by your words as the world changed as you spoke it into creation. Lord, speak to us and make us a new creation today. In Christ's name we pray and all God's people said. standing for just a bit more as I read to you my text from the book of Genesis chapter 2 starting in verse 7 just in case you were wondering today my message is for you I get asked many different times are were you preaching at me and the answer today, just so you know, before you ask, yes, yes, I, I am. I'm not only preaching to you and to myself today, but I'm preaching to our children, the children of this church. 
God has been reminding us about the great mission field that is the world. But the first mission field that every one of us have that have children is in our homes. We better be preaching the gospel in our homes. And we better be praying that God gives our children faith. And that the faith that they get comes out of their mouth as they confess Christ as their Lord. Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 7, says this. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground the Lord had made God to grow every good tree that is pleasant and and good for food, for the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it parted and became into four heads. Let us pray. Lord God, we're not wanting to hear something interesting today, but we want to hear something life-transforming. And Lord, I pray as much as your voice changed the stark void when you said, let there be light, there was light, according to your word that when the gospel goes forth, it is the power of God unto salvation. I pray that the words that salvation would come in this house, in hearts of people today. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. One of the most lovely and beautiful passages of Scripture to me is the scene in the very opening chapters of the Bible where God takes the void and the darkness of the world and He speaks into it loveliness and beauty and amazing things. Could you imagine speaking at a moon appearing? The first moon, right there. To see the sun rise for the very first time. To be able to look over into the babbling brooks around and watch as God speaks life and little minnows come to uh, swim around. I, I remember as a kid, I went to this place called Seven Caves and uh, I was there and, and right beside it was this very, very wide, flat uh, stream, probably not on the... Corps of Engineers dam list, and so it was wide, and 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 it was uh, had a lot of a lot of grass with water in it, and and on the edges of that, I remember walking over as a little boy. I always had a great fascination with nature, and and I remember walking over there, and I saw all of these minnows in their whole little world, Jonathan. And I watched them and I thought, oh, how beautiful they are. And, and I watched dragonflies as they landed on the water and, and the sound of the brook. And I was like, oh, this must have been a little bit what it might have been like. This happy, beautiful, peaceful place. And I remember being there and I remember looking down and I saw this beautiful little bug as it came and and it lit on the water. And then I watched the fish come up and just. <laughs> and it was gone. And for a moment I realized that. As beautiful as all of the colors were in that little bug. And how perfectly and wonderfully it was made. That something was wrong. 
They weren't made to be like that. God didn't make a dragonfly that can hover perfectly exactly and come and touch the water and have this incredible, you know, mobility that, you know, man has no idea how to achieve. I mean, silently, quietly touching the water and flying. He didn't make that so it could just be crushed. And so you read the story of the garden and really what you're seeing is you're seeing a picture of how it was. And I know we have no idea how it really was. You get a little chance to go to Myanmar and you get on a mountaintop and you look up and you see what God spoke and you see a river of the Milky Way going through the sky and you see a comet blazing its way through the night sky. You've never seen anything like it and you're just like, wow. Because what do the heavens do? But they declare the glory of God. What does Romans 1 tell us that all creation speaks of? Who? Speaks of Him. And just when we think we're hearing about Him, a car comes by and kills a beautiful animal. And you see the suffering. But God made the world perfect and He gave it to man. And I just can't imagine what it would have been like to live in a world where nothing was wrong. To live in a world where nothing died. To live in a world where every sound you heard was really music to God. And, and all of other sounds hadn't come yet. And, and to live like that. And if that weren't enough, he gave man a woman. And there she is in all of her loveliness made of his rib. He went to sleep and, and he wakes up and she's there. Could you imagine this? That's what God, God's a gift giver. He gives us wonderful things. And, and there she was. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. Wow. God's like, this is for you. He tells her, you know know what this whole world is? It's a gift to you. Here it is. You can eat anything. You can go anywhere. You can climb any tree. You can discover everything. I mean, and really honestly, I could talk for hours about this because the whole thought is amazing. You see, they didn't know that in the wheat that was growing out there that they would one day learn how to crush it and turn it and make it into bread and and yeast would make it to rise and and they would get milk from cows and and butter would come and they could eat this hot baked bread with butter. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) They had no idea what was waiting for them and honestly, endless possibilities were all around them. It was all theirs. Can you just think about that for a minute? All that God told them to do. You can eat anything. Imagine there's a tree in this garden called the tree of life. And if you eat from this tree, you're never, ever going to have to worry about anything ever. But there is this other tree. One rule. One rule. And what do they do? Hmm. Wonder why we can't eat that tree. Some, for some reason, Eve was hanging out near that tree. We know what happened. And ultimately, you can blame the serpent if you want to. But she willingly decided to go her own, her own way. And I think it's funny because 
We all, a lot of us hate sin. How many of you, how do you hate it when people lie? Hurts you, right? How many of you hate it when, you know, someone, has anyone ever had like their car broken into and your new radio taken something like that? You're like, I got my wife a Cracker Barrel chair years ago. And I was, I was like, man, this is nice. We don't have to go to Cracker Barrel to sit in those chairs. We'll just sit, you know. Woke up one morning, I'm like, what in the world? I remember having all these chickens and waking up one day and all there were left with feathers. It's a horrible feeling, right? Things aren't supposed to be like that. But what's funny is, is as much as we don't like that, the very sin that caused it all wasn't any of that. It was self-will. I am going to do what I want to do. It doesn't matter what God says. It doesn't matter what the effects are. I want to do what I do. But, and we kind of think selfishness is cute. But selfishness is what got us where we are today. In Genesis chapter 2, you read the story. He gives a man. He gives him the garden. And, of course, we know what happens. We know that they eat in the garden. You know, God's naming these animals and he's giving Adam the right to name these animals. He's bringing them. And I'm telling you, I would have loved that. I, the first zoologist, you know, wouldn't it have been great to have been him? Naming this thing with a trunk, an elephant, and naming this, you know, this long neck thing, a giraffe, and, and talking about, you know, and, he, and all this goodness is going on in the midst of all of us. Like, you know, what I really want to do is I really want to eat from this tree over here because doesn't it look nice? Folks, I'm telling you. And so they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And really what that tree was, it was deciding that they would rather know good things and evil things, but they would rather not know God. And folks, good and evil have their benefits. There are things God does that to us would seem evil. There are things that God does that seem to us good. And we just want a list of the really good things. And so we can do those. And when God does things that seem evil, we don't like those things either. And we don't like God when he does them. That's not fair. That's us. But man went his own way. And when he did, what happened was so completely unbelievable that I think that they really kind of wondered if it was really happening to them. Because next thing you know, they're, they're from being in this beautiful state of wonderfulness, they're naked and they're ashamed. And what are they ashamed of? But they ought to be ashamed of themselves. And instead of choosing to obey God and to take all of His wonderful blessings, what they did is they chose their own path. How many of you choose your own path every single day? How many of you don't love God's Word and you, you choose to think of you? It, it's happening every day. You're in the, do you guys know you're in the garden right now with God right here? And when you choose to do good or evil or whatever you think you ought to do, instead of choosing God and know what, what he has said, we do it all over again. You might think, well, what in the world is Mark doing? What's he doing? I'm, I'm preaching to you today. I'm preaching to us today. The most powerful message that's contained in the word of God. And it's the gospel. But sometimes we need to understand what the problem is. And the problem is, is right here in this room. It's every single one of us. 
So here he's named all these animals and, and now these animals that he thought were just wonderful and sweet and nice, God takes them and he kills some of the animals and their bloody coats are put on him to cover his sin. And in that moment, I think it was a very startling thing. If you've ever been around a beautiful, big animal and now you're around it and it's dead and it's bleeding and whatever. And imagine a world not even knowing what death was, watching it be and knowing that it was because of you. Because what they learn, the very first lesson they learn is that when man decides to go his own way, it doesn't just affect him. It affects everyone. And what they did, it's still affecting us today. And so I think for a while they might have kind of thought maybe, maybe what God says isn't going to happen. Maybe what... Maybe, maybe the death of these animals was really all that was going to happen. And they, they really hadn't heard in the background, they hadn't heard in the middle of the curse that, you know, there will come a day when things will be different. I will put enmity between the seed of the serpent and your seed and, and your seed, the seed of, of your body, Eve, Adam, is going to crush the head of the serpent. I, I don't really think they really were listening. And I'll bet you the day that Cain had enough of his stinking brother who was better than him, who pleased his mom and dad so well, who brought the right thing to God. Well, what, well why not what I am bringing? Why not? They've always liked him more than me. And I think when, they, when Adam and Eve began to see in Cain this kind of stuff, I think it probably scared them. They saw anger rise because what is anger but what? But murder in the beginning. In fact, the, Jesus teaches us that very thing. The sin of selfishness reigned in the life and the heart of Cain until Cain couldn't take it anymore. His brother was better than him. His offering was better than his. Everyone was telling him he wasn't quite good enough and he just didn't like it. I know what I'm going to do. And he raises up somehow a hand against him, whether it be by a rock or a stone, or maybe he choked him to death. I don't know. But in those moments, what he did is he lived out what lives in the heart of all of us every day. I'm going to get what I want right now and I'm done with him. And you might go, oh, this is a little harsh for a Sunday morning. No, it's not. I remember a preacher one time preaching and some man's holding a, he said some man was holding a baby and he was playing with a watch and the little baby, you know, uh, was fooling with it. He's getting his hands off of it. And he goes, you know, the guy's all oh, in that cute. He's like, it's not cute. He said, if that baby weighed 200 pounds, he would rip that watch off of you and leave you dead on the ground and walk away with it. That's what that little baby would do if he could have his own way. I'm telling you, that lives in the heart of mankind, and it's ugly, and it brings death. It brings the death of others, the death of relationships, the death of love between people, because people want what they want. And so there he was. I, I just can't imagine it. The brutality and startling nature of this first death, of this sweet Abel, can you imagine being the mother? You'd raised this boy all of these years. You loved him. You told him how good God was and what he made. And the world was theirs and they could take dominion. And yeah, we messed up. And, 
but, but it's going to be okay. And they're seeing their son do all the right things, and now he's gone. He's dead. Nobody talks about what they did with his body, but I bet they didn't know what to do. I bet they just looked and they thought, my God, is he going to wake up? Oh, boy, my precious son, come on. And eventually they figured out he's not going to wake up. Can you imagine it, Steve? It must have shocked them so deeply. They, they probably didn't know what to do. They probably didn't even talk. They probably looked at each other. They're like, they wanted to know what is going on. The Bible doesn't say that then God helped them out. Remember? Remember what you did? This is what happens when men do what they want instead of what God says. It doesn't tell us that it happened, but somewhere along the line, I bet you they figured it out. Death has come. Maybe Adam and Eve started to get older looking after a while. I mean, they lived to be 900 years, so I don't know if they started aging in year 850. I don't know what happened. What was in the heart of Cain is in all of our hearts. My question today is what is in your heart? <clears throat> the catechism asks this question. It says, what can change a sinner's heart? Anybody know the answer to it? Only it's the Holy Spirit alone. I kind of feel like Abraham, he's there and he wants, he, he wants to obey God, but he doesn't want to kill his son. And I'm hesitating. <clears throat> Folks, I'm telling you right now. Cain could not abide the goodness of his brother because it pointed out who he was. When we read our confession, when we get to the point where it says that the commandment says to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, do you, do you know what comes next in that? Lord, we are crushed. We may do this liturgy. You may be missing it every week, but please don't miss it because you read, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt, oh yeah, I'm good with all that. But thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, thy strength. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Lord, we're crushed. Why? Because in that is the spotlight put on the fact that we absolutely were born in sin and shaped in iniquity and that there's none that seeks after God, not you, not me, no one. I look around our church and I look in my life and there are people that I expect to find faith in and I don't find it. I find that they were raised in a good home and they come to a nice church and they're around nice people and we're teaching them how to behave themselves properly. But you know what I don't see? I don't see a new heart. Hey Matt. Matt says, are you going to make me cry today? And I said, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to turn a little corner here. Be, get ready. I love Matt. We're going to get real personal. You guys ready? 
I love this boy. He's been in my house. How long have we known you, Matt? Long time. Yeah. I remember seeing him sitting with his dad at the church and And I love him. And I keep I every, every time I see your boys, every time I see your family, I'm what am I looking for? I can tell you what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a new heart. Amen. And I think, oh, those are nice boys. Those are hardworking boys. I mean, maybe one of them boys is going to marry my daughter one day. They're going to be good kids. Wouldn't that be awesome? They got nine of them, I mean, or whatever. You know, one of them might work out. I don't know. But I remember trying to talk to Matt. We're getting personal, Matt. And every time I talk to Matt, you know what I'm not finding? I'm not finding a new heart, buddy. I'm finding a nice kid that I love, good kid. Kids that, you know, he's not wearing, you know, spikes around his neck and a Harley or anything like that. But I'm looking for faith. I'm looking for a new heart because that's what I'm looking for when I look at Millie and Grace and, and when I look at, you know, Christian and when I look, I can start naming all the kids of the church when I'm looking at the Cusel kids. I'm like, yeah, we can teach them how to be good, but oh God, that's not enough. Amen. The Bible says there's no righteous, no, not one. There's none that seeketh after God. And everyone in here is included. And some of you, you parent your children. You lead them to the Word. You bring them to church each week. You, you keep away from them all the harmful effects of the world. And what you don't realize is that the most harmful thing in the world is not something you can turn off. It's not something you can keep them away from because it lives in them. And it's the thing that we need saved from today. And so I'm thankful for, I, there are children in this church and I look at them and I'm like, they totally have a new art. They're a stinker, you know, and they're a kid and they're immature and they're silly, but they love God and God's working with them. And, and you know, there are some adults, there are some members of Foundation Church, I think, may not have a new art. See, this is, this is me holding back. The, wanting to, I don't want to do this. Oh, but I do. And I'm going to do it. <laughs> Folks, I know we don't end every service in this church with an altar call. And I don't play just I as I am 14 times to get you to come up here and cry. But there's some people that need to cry out to God who are in this building today. There are children who are basing their salvation on what house they were born in. And about what things they have learned and about how they've learned to act. But I'm telling you right now, when you stand before a living God, if there is no faith in that heart, if God has not given them a new heart, then you're not ready to stand before God. You see, God had a plan. And he told them the plan in the midst of their sin. He, we talk about it every year at Advent. It was like a spark in the darkness. Right in the middle of the curse as he's cursing the serpent. He's saying, I'm going to let it be known. This is not always going to be like this. One day, a man is going to come. And that's what really the whole Bible is. Did he, is he here? You know, The whole world is filled with violence. 
And, and, and God says, I'm going to destroy it all. But he looks and he finds this one guy, Noah. And every year we go through this, is Noah the one? Well, is he the one, you know? And God makes an ark. And, and he saves the whole world basically in the genetics of one guy. But guess what? He's not the one. And we go through this. It's neat. It's a, it's a wonderful time in Advent. And we go to these great men like Abraham. And Abraham, the friend of God. But he's not the one. And then God makes... A nation, and he begins to love them. He gives them his law. He sends them, uh, you know, their deliverers and, and leaders and kings. And is Moses the one? Everybody say, Moses ain't the one. And David is not the one. And, and he tells them what to do. You see, the story of the Old Testament is the story that even if God told Stephen Carroll what to do every day, all day long, about every aspect of their life, if he was clear with them, and even if he spoke to them in a voice from burning bushes, and if he parted the Red Sea, that every time they will forget him, they will serve other gods, they will walk their own way. The story of Israel, and we love to think of our beloved brothers, but the story is a horrible story. It's a horrible story that at the end you should go, he parted the Red Sea, he sent the plagues to Egypt, he sent angels with flaming swords to devour their enemies, he fed them with manna from heaven. And when he came to bring salvation to them, they killed him. It's a horrible story. Because what is wrong with the world is a horrible thing. And what is wrong with every man who's born in this world, every single child born in your house, every one of them, is that unless Christ comes and gives them a new heart, they'll be no different than Israel. And truly the Bible teaches us if every day when we wake up, if we do not die to the Adam that lives within us, we will live these ungodly, horrible, non-glorifying lives. But if we cry out to God and we say, oh God, give me a new heart, then God will do it. And Brother Matt, back to you, don't get too comfortable over there. <laughs> I'm watching Matt go his own way. You don't mind if I use you to maybe help somebody else, do you, brother? Because like Zacchaeus, salvation has come to your house, brother Matt. I talked to the Murphys on the phone, they're like, you know, I think he, he went to Myanmar, a boy, but I think he came back a man. And this heart of this preacher says, oh, I don't think that's what happened. I think that God may have given you a new heart, buddy. And you go, what, is, what is, Mark's going crazy. What is he talking about? He's a covenant child. He's in the home of these good people. They've been raising him right. They baptize him. He's a member of the church. He sings. And, and my God, what's wrong with you? Do you know God, when he decides to save us, he does it when he wants to. And I think what he does in our lives is he reminds us of this. And, and you know what? When, when I was born and when I was a little kid, I always wanted to serve God. And people say, you know, you're different. Well, let me tell you what was different. God gave me a new heart. I wanted to serve him. I wondered, I, people would compliment me for being good and I would go, well, I just kind of want to be. I just love God. 
I want to please him. I want to know what his word says so I can obey it. I wasn't trying to fit in. My brother, he goes, he goes, this is what my brother told me because my brother, he doesn't have a new heart. He goes, Mark, I always wanted to be like you. He goes, but I didn't believe it. He said, I just knew it would make mom and dad happy if I said I did. But I don't believe that. And that was a happy day for me, Kara. Because if I believe that he believed it and he's been walking away from God this whole time, it's really rough. But I believe that one day, God's going to give my brother a new heart. He belongs to God. Why? He's a child of the covenant. He's been baptized. He's, had, he's, been, he's a part of this great story that God is telling. But I think maybe we're skipping a few chapters around here at Foundation Church. We're trying to homeschool them into the kingdom. We're trying to catechize them into character. And we're not realizing that you can't do that. If it worked for you, then why would Jesus have ever come? It didn't work for Israel. Who did it better than you'll ever do it? They memorized the Psalms, all of them. We're on like Psalm 3. Okay. <laughs> They knew how to quote them. They knew what God wanted. They put these things between their eyes. You know, they, they wore these clothes. They're, they're, you know, they're wearing outfits that are always, they're always touching with their hands as they're walking. They're remembering, I belong to God, okay? I pray, all right. Every feast, every meal, every time they ate, well, we only eat this. Well, oh, yeah, because we're God's people. Oh, well, we only dress like this. Well, we, we, why? well, because we're God's people. And God reminded them in the morning and he reminded them at night and he reminded them through their food and he reminded them how they slept and how they cleaned their hands and he reminded them every single day. And if that wasn't enough, he reminded them with feasts. And if that wasn't enough, he put a pillar of fire in the sky and he gave them a day of atonement and he showed that he forgave them of their sins. And then what did they do the next day? They forgot. It's a story about our depravity. And that depravity still lives in us now. And what we desperately need is God. And the only thing that's going to make the little brownfield children fit for heaven isn't Mr. and Mrs. Brownfield. Isn't there some pressure just been taken off of you, brother and sister back there? Heath and Christy, you can't do that. That doesn't mean we don't try. That doesn't mean we don't keep working at it. But I'm telling you, Steve, that what we need to do is we need to be reminding our children and our family, as well as the whole world, let's not, we're, we're going to go to the world, but we need to go here. So how does this happen? It's really not that hard. When you see the world, and kids, I'm telling you, I know some of you, and I love the, the, the fact that we're all so very close. I know what you're like. We sit around and talk about you. We do. We're like, man, that so-and-so is just a stinker. <laughs> they're so self-willed and so ungodly. And, oh, they're nasty. My wife will go, she'll go, there's one of these little kids. Like, they are just nasty. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're just nasty. And you go, what's that all about? God has put us in your life to shepherd you, to watch for your soul. To, to lead you to what? To the gospel. And so when the nasty, I'm like, all right, we're, we're going to be preaching the gospel around here. 
I've tried to figure out we can start this and we can start that and we can do this study and we can do that and we can develop this thing and we can have this program. Oh God, we got to do something. Yeah, we got to do something. It's called repent. We got to do something. It's called lead our children to the cross. We got to do something that says, all right, you know what? I brought you to the right church, whatever, but that's as far as I can take you. And we got to be calling on God. You may be here and you go, well, what in the world? Where, where does this put me? You know what? I think that there are adults and children in this room who need a new heart. They don't need a new church. You don't need a new, th new theology. You don't need a new you know, program. You need a new heart. The very flames of it may have flickered at some point in your life, but somewhere along the line you thought that after you did enough things that you didn't need God to fan the flames of that to, to, to birth in you this new life. You need this every day. Church, kids of Foundation Church, you know your pastor Mark loves you, right? Right? I talk to you, I love you, I pat you on the head, you, I, think you, you, I appreciate you making me pictures and remember my sermons and... One of the Ratliff kids come up to me today, and I can't, or, or at, the, at the thing yesterday, and I'm, it, uh, it was this one right here. And I can't hardly hear, and the room is filled with noise, and, and you know, and, and when little kids talk to me, and I, I just, I want to hear them, but there's no way. Even if I get down, and they're going to, and so he's over there, and he's, he's like, he's, you know, and I'm like, oh, it's another one of these Ratliff kids. What's he saying? What's he saying? So if someone's with me, I'm like, can you figure out what he's saying? Because I don't want him to think I don't love him and I don't think he's wonderful. I want him to know that I'm listening and that I care, you know, but I can't hear him because you do. He leans down. <coughs> he said, why do the heathen rage? <laughs> the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the it's, it's, he's, he's saying the whole thing. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers set themselves against it. Come, let us break their bands and stuff. He, Psalm two is us. They, we're, we rage against God. God gives you a dad, and He puts him in your life, and you're to listen to your dad. Why? Not because your dad needs your obedience, because he needs you to clean the house, because he needs you to toe the line, but because God's word says, "Obey your mother and your father." And you go, but I don't want to. I want to do my own thing. Well, you're just like Adam and Eve in the garden. You know, I don't care about people. I don't think about people. I just think about myself. Well, you need a new heart. what you need. You don't need to be told how to do that. When you, when you get a new heart, you really don't need a lot of instructions. We say, oh, what they need is they need some more instructions. We need to explain this to them. We need to help them with this. Well, I'm going to help you with it today because it isn't that hard. You guys ready? How many people here are ready to know what to do when you need a new heart? I'm ready to hear it. Because I'll tell you what, I think I'm going to start confessing it myself. The devil comes to me and he says, you should do this. And I know it's not what God wants for me. And I say, no, I'm not going to do that. Let me tell you who I am. See, that's what a confession is. Let me tell you who I am. I'm a child of the Most High. He's my King. He's my Father. And you're not. And I know you want me to eat this. And I know you tell me it's going to work out. And I know it looks good. And I know all of that. But let me tell you something else I know. I know that God has made me new. And I'm not going to be like that first Adam. 
And by the grace of God, he's going to change me. So what do you do? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You may be here and you go, I go to church, but I don't even understand faith. I mean, I just come. I'm telling you right now, if you hear the word of God and you're feeling something welling up within your heart that says, I think I might need a new heart. If you're here and you're kind of wondering, you might go, you know, I'm not like the rest of the people. I mean, I, I go with the program, but I, I don't even know what he's talking about. That's all right. And Matt, I don't pretend to look into your life and know exactly what God is doing, but I can tell you right now, God is at work in your life. And my, you know what my prayer is? That he has given you a new heart. That he gives you another new heart tomorrow morning. That you learn to walk in the spirit and that, I'm saying, Matt, you know, he tells me, he goes, he, he, something he wants to do, something he's feeling called to, I won't embarrass him, but he's like, I'm just ready to just do that and not worry or care about anything, but just to do this. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like Elijah seeing that cloud in the sky and going, oh, <laughs> I hear the sound of abundance of rain, right? And when I begin to hear that sound and I hear it come from the heart of a young person or from one of my children, I go, oh, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And brother, I'm telling you right now, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. That doesn't mean you can't be foolish and stupid and you might still need to be hit in the head with a hammer. <laughs> but when God begins a work in you, he can complete it. There's some adults in this church who come here and you're like, you know what, I don't really like to come to church. I don't like to be around these things. I'm not sure if I like these people or they like me. And, and you, you know what? I can think of at least a couple people that might just need a new heart that might not be under 12. Oh, I, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 there is. Oh, no, 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 they, you know, they've been to church, they're good people, they're, they're, no, 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 they're not. We need to be looking at sin, we need to be confronting sin, and we need to go, this right here is from your father, the devil. And he wants that for you, and he wants that for your life. And he's standing by the tree, and he's going, eat that! It's all going to work out just fine. And we need to be leading our children to say, no, you're not my father. I'm going to obey God. The Bible says, with the heart man believes, but with the mouth he does what? He confesses. Do you know it doesn't work any different for you than it did for those people in Myanmar? I think there are some people. I think there are some children. I think that there are kids. I hope there's some in the first five rows. There's some in every row that go. I mean, I know what it means to be kind of good, but I don't even know what he's talking about, but I want to know. I'm telling you right now, if you're hearing the message and you're saying it, this might be your day. And I know what we don't normally do around here, but we're going to do it right now. So just get ready. The Bible says with the heart man believes, but with the mouth he does what? There are people here today that have never said, Jesus is my Lord. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to renounce my flesh and the devil in my way and whatever plan I had, it's over. I belong to God. I'm telling you, when that happens, I'm telling you, 
There's that cloud. Go out there and look again. And that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be looking. I'm going to be going, is it, is it, is it a Hatfield? Is it a Brownfield? Is it a Downey? Is it a Cusel? And what if this message came to your home, Andy, and just blew it up? Oh, I want it in my house. I want my children not just telling me what they didn't do. I want my kids to come to me and say, Dad, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of the salvation of the Lord. And oh, I know I sinned and I know I've disappointed you. And what you should respond is, no, you're just like me. I need Jesus. Let's pray together. God can save you from yourself. We don't do a lot of this emotional stuff here in our normal church services. And, we, and you know what? I think we've been wrong. I think we ought to do it and we're going to do it. There are some people that need to come to Jesus today. That need to confess him as Christ. That need to speak it out. Some of you, we're not going to have an altar call. I need Corinne up here on the piano though. Wherever she is. If she, is she around here somewhere? Oh, I'm sorry, sweetie. Corinne, come to the piano, honey. We're going to sing a song here in a little bit that we learned to sing, Is He Worthy? And what I love about the song is what it says. And I'm going to read through it a little bit. She's going to play it. Some of you may remember. You may have the words. Your part's pretty easy. You might be here today and I'm going to ask, do you feel the world is broken? And come on, guys. Everybody say, we do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? Do you wish that you could see it all made new? We do. Every time I, every time I sing that, I cry. Because it is the cry of my heart. Not to, you know, build some great thing, but to watch God do in men's hearts what man can do. Folks, we're desperate. We're powerless. All of our preaching and teaching and efforts and hard work and catechism, all of it, it is powerless. Without the Spirit of God, we need God. And he says, you know what you have to do? You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that God has raised him from the dead. That's how God gives men new hearts. I want us to stand up. We're going to sing this song and... I don't think there's one exact way to respond. I'm not going to have an altar call. I'm not going to ask you to come down. But if you want to come, you can. If you want to come down here and you want to look right up at me. And you want to say, I want to serve Jesus. I want to be a son of God. I want a new heart. And I believe that God can give me one. Then come on. If you want to go down your pew and you want to find your dad or your mom and say, Mom. I wanted to be good. I wanted to do right. But I can't. You go, oh, baby, I know. I want God. I believe God can make me new. You say, honey, he's going to right now. That's how it works. It's not that hard.
We're not going to linger and bow our heads and raise our... I'm not saying all that's bad, but we're not going to do it. But if you're here and I don't care how old you are, you may, we may be here all day. All the kids may come and tell all their parents, didn't do it. That's what today is for. It is to remember who we are. Do we want to be the children of Israel? Do we just want to have a good plan and a real nice temple and super neat uh, festival days? Or do we want to be the people of the new creation that say, you know what? Uh, those things benefit some ways. They're great. They're fantastic. But Lord, without your Holy Spirit, I can't do this. Amen. You might be a child. You might be here and go, I don't know. I don't know if the, what my mom and dad thinks about this. Well, go ask them. Confe children, confess to your... You may be a grown woman or a grown man and you might just go, I think I need to confess this myself. I need to say it. I need to say what I believe. Do it. I'll be happy to hear it, but there's plenty of people. You guys ready to do some confessing? All right, we're going to confess it in song together. And then Corinne's going to play it a little bit, provide us a little cover. Now, Corinne, if you need to repent and confess it, you leave that piano and go right to your dad, or you come over here to me, or whatever you need to do. I don't want to leave out the piano player. You can get saved today, sister. And we laugh, you know, and the, and the truth is, is, you know what? Corinne needs salvation. She's a nice girl. She's almost as good as I was when I was her age, but not quite. I was totally better. <laughs> and maybe God's already touched your heart. I don't know. But I'm, I'm not joking. I'm serious. We need God. So when you sing this song and you think about your need for God, I know Steve's going to get resaved right now. He just, he's going to come and confess it, right? You know, you know why? Because Steve has a new heart. And he hears the message, and you know what it does? It reminds him of what God is doing in him and what he's going to do in him tomorrow and the next day. He's going to make him new, and that's what we need. I really want you to do this. We're going to do it. We're going to take the time, and we're going to confess who we are. You know, you may be in a situation in your home, and off the rails. This sometimes happens at our house. And I'm really feeling I'm called up on God to, to say to this situation, to ask, say, who are you? Hopefully that'll stop us. Say, so who am I? Let me tell you who I am. I'm a son of God. Christ is my Lord. I want to be that blessed man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the way of sinners. I want my delight to be in the law of the Lord, and I haven't been doing that, but that's what I want. And I want to see God transform hearts. I want to see the hearts in my home transformed like this. Can we do this in our houses sometime? When we're in the middle of it, we don't we think we, you know, I don't know how we can stop all the madness that's going on. Say, stop a minute. Who are you? And today we're going to do a little bit of that. Corinne's going to give us a little piano cover for this. We're not going to be in any hurry. I know this is very strange for what we normally do here. When this is over, we're going to take communion together. But I think it will take it a whole lot better. Coming with new hearts if we need them. Amen? So it 
may seem a little odd, but I'm going to give you time. You may get out of your seat. You can come up here. You can come to your mom. You can come to your dad. Do whatever you need to do. Confess who you are. Confess who you want to be. Confess what you want God to do in your heart. Pastor Mark Robinette of Foundation Church. Thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to our audio sermons. We would love to hear from you if you have any comments, questions, or just to let us know how they served you. Go to our website, www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org, and send us a note. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to serve you.